Job Talks podcast members do not represent the cities and towns they work for in their views and opinions. They are views and opinions that belong to us only. We are not here trying to be the experts or tell people how to do their job. Our goal with this show is simply to facilitate knowledge sharing. All right. Welcome back. Job Talks podcast. Woo. What's up, y'all? Woo, woo. <laughs> All right, before we even get started with the intros or anything, I want to let the viewers know we have a very big announcement. The biggest. For, for our next show, next Saturday. We're going to bring on our first guest, and it's a big guest. Not in size. Maybe it's kind of in size. But uh, it you're going to have to stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out who it is. So stay tuned. End of the episode. We're going to let you guys know big announcement uh and that's <coughs> marketing yeah and we're out <laughs> uh episode nine we're here if you're tuning in for the first time please uh feel free to go back and watch the previous episodes we we think we've put out some decent content um and we'd like to know if we have reach out to us on our social medias job talks j-o-b-t-l-k-s uh facebook instagram you can find us under job talks on spotify apple podcasts Obviously here on YouTube, um, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give us a like, give us a follow, and more importantly, give us a share. Give us a chance, man. Just give us a chance. Uh, before we start uh, talking about today's subject, I want to uh, give a little um, little shout out for another event coming up. So uh, we talked about the um, Derek Hines run happening um, next weekend. Another big event is happening next weekend, the Heroes Cup Hockey Tournament. Um, if you don't know what this is, this was uh, started by a guy, Mike Matros. He's a firefighter. Kind of realized that uh, firemen only get together, or police, public safety in general, um, get together when bad things happen, funerals, things like that. So he wanted to create an event where we were getting together um, for something positive. So he started the Heroes Cup Hockey Tournament. Literally have teams that come in from all over the world to play um and it's uh it's a it's a three-day weekend of just a good time just a lot of hockey having fun hanging out it's all public <coughs> safety so fire police ems and military and veterans um the tournament runs friday june 10th to sunday june 12th um again that's next weekend uh schedule we're gonna throw up a little thing here so you can see that um, just kind of the big hitters, um, games on Friday, uh, big casino night. That's a good time. Saturday, some games, 98.5 is doing a hockey show, tailgating, etc. Sunday are the championships, but most importantly, nope. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. Saturday, June 11th, <laughs> 1230 PM job talks, podcast crew will be on site at the Heroes Cup Hockey Tournament. Doing it live. At the New England Sports Center. Doing it live with our guest, which we'll tell you about at the end of the show. So <laughs> <And> that's marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so come out. So come out. Enjoy some hockey. Even if you're not playing or skating, come to the casino night. Have a good time. Hang out with the brothers and sisters. Um, the really cool thing about this tournament is that every team that's playing chooses their own charity. So it's not a tournament that's raising money for one charity. It's a tournament that everybody who's playing gets to choose what charity they're raising money for. So they raise a ton of money for a lot of different charities. It's a really, really good event. Um, and it's sponsored by the uh, Boston Bruins. So it's the B-Fit Heroes Cup Hockey Tournament. So nice. we will see you guys there next week. If we um, don't see you in person, tune into our live show. All right. Can I play on a hockey team if I can't skate backwards? I'm working yeah, I think really hard on that. You, just, you, have to, you only have to skate backwards if you're a defenseman. 
There's only one way. You know the people that go out with the shovel and like scrape the ice up on the intermission? Yeah. You still can't do that. You can do that. You can sign (laughs) up for that. that. (laughs) I'd love to I was out there. I was on the ice. You probably didn't see me. It counts. Um, Shaving the ice. So today's topic is generating buy-in. Kind of with every show we do, when you start researching um, different aspects of the topic you want to talk about it leads you down different paths so it was kind of interesting i started generating or or started like trying to read about and watch the videos about like how do you generate buy-in and there's a big um there's kind of a big debate on buy-in versus ownership that i think is really interesting so the topic today is kind of like what is buy-in and how do you create it and should we be creating buy-in or should we be creating ownership which i think are as people say are kind of two very different things right so um the this topic is, is kind of personal to me so um just a quick background like why i chose um to talk about generating buy-in is so i was in the military um i kind of had a leadership position pretty young in my career i wasn't in very long and during that time, I kind of mimicked some of the things senior leadership did and things that, in hindsight, I don't think actually fostered a good team environment. Um, and it, it, it kind of was a learning curve for me because I realized, like, the more you tried to, like, force yourself onto people, like, through the authority you're given, you know, PTing and doing some different shit, you know, you actually generated this like separation of yourself from your team and especially being like a low level leader that had a dramatic impact on like team dynamics and like not that we (coughs) weren't able to accomplish the mission but I think it like hindered actual like relationships that you know probably exist still to this day from like some of those like silly things and um, when I got out of the army and joined uh, the fire department the first department I was on I kind of got thrust into a position early on because we just started ALS, um, just started um, having the paramedic service. And so I got asked to be the ALS coordinator and I wasn't even off probation yet. So as you can imagine, it was a a little bit of a struggle trying to um, do the right thing, but cope with like the different personalities and people and the people that have been doing it for a lot longer than I've been doing it and things like that. And I thought, and I use the term buy-in because I thought, getting people to buy into me was important. Not like in a fake way, but just like letting people know who I am and what I'm about, what I'm trying to do, I think ultimately had a good outcome on being able to actually ultimately accomplish that task of like reviewing calls and all the stuff that came with that. So it was kind of a personal topic for me and I thought it'd be a good one to That's an excellent topic. It's important. I think you have to be, a lot of buy-in is generated by your leadership. Um, and you have to be relatable. Like you said, you, you can't, that you have to differentiate, differentiate yourself to a degree. Right. Um, but you have to be able to be relatable and have guys want, you have to be approachable at the end of the day and like right. establish and fostering a strong team dynamic. <clears throat> and I think people have to, to, to believe that you are doing the things you're doing for the right reasons and not oh. because you want to be in a position of, of, um, in those cases, like leadership also came with like enforcement and, you know, some different things that are not the fun parts of leadership, but have to be done. And I think that people have to know, that like, I don't get a kick out of doing this. I don't want to do this. It's just like, we have to talk about it. And like, also how you approach those things, like if you're trying to just get people in trouble or whatever. So again, I thought like, buy, like getting people to buy into me as like a person was big in, in then being able to foster like an environment of like, learning together or whatever the case is yeah as much as like as much as uh like firefighting and firefighting culture in the firehouse you know we have many things that we can improve upon one of the things that like guys are pretty emotionally intelligent and they'll pick up on like right away if you're being genuine or you're full of shit yeah and i think that's and that's one of the things you have to be a genuine leader or even if you're 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 not a leader you can be you exert influence beyond like being an actual in a management position if you're like a, a senior man or just someone that wants to lead and exert influence right like people don't know if you're not right genuine right away yeah i agree with that yeah and i think that's a big like that's a big point of it is so when i say like buy-in it's not like 
fake it's not like changing myself so mm -hmm. that people trust me even though i have like ulterior motives it's like actually being genuine and like letting people see that a little bit which I think over time kind of meant being a little more vulnerable than I was used to being and like talking about stuff, admitting your mistakes in front of people, like, you know, stuff like that, holding yourself to the same standard as you hold other people to things like that. Sure. And those make a big difference. So in our position now where we're not necessarily leadership, but we always talk about leadership rising from lower ranks. And, yeah. uh, one thing that I was kind of taught earlier on in like the private world of business as someone, you know, as like I was a manager and I was like running a company and it was like, now this wasn't born out of a business school, but it was just a work ethic thing. And it was like, don't ever ask somebody to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. Right. So, you know, when newer guys have come in behind me, um, they kind of pick up some of these basic roles, whether it's taking out the trash or being the first person up to, you know, take care of dishes or whatever, right. whatever the, whatever the thing is. Like to this day, I still try to wake up early enough that no one can beat me to the coffee maker. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Small acts like that—that's what generates buy-in. Yeah, because yeah. you're you're leading by example, yeah. not for, just by. For anyone from my group in the firehouse, I obviously don't do that. I sleep <laughs> as late as I as I can as in the late morning. As but <laughs> I do try to do the other things. Like, yeah. um, but no, like those little things. I think that's important. Is yeah. is if you if you would want to come in in the morning to a fresh pot of coffee, then you should make it so that the people that come in after you are coming into a fresh pot of coffee too. Right. Right. Um, it's not fair to hold somebody to this, to a different standard than you hold yourself. Right. You hold yourself. So again, in doing this, I, I came across, um, this article and I'm just going to read a little bit of it. And it was kind of like, <coughs> it was really, really shitting on the term buy-in. And basically it was saying like buy-in is like, you make all the decisions and then you have to just convince people that that's the better thing to do versus ownership. So, um, I'm just going to read a little bit of this. Uh, like I said, it was pretty pretty uh, staunchly against buy-in, but it says uh, it's a very important to make a clear distinction between buy-in and ownership and not present them as if they were the same or interchangeable because buy-in is what everybody talks about. Uh, more often than not, it does not work at all or doesn't work well because it's the opposite of ownership. Ownership is when you own or share the ownership of an idea, decision, or an action plan. It means that you've... Um, participated in its development that you chose your own accord to endorse it it means that you understand it and believe in it and that you're willing and ready to implement it it says again buy-in is the opposite it says buy-in is a total illusion anytime you or someone around you thinks or talks about buy-in beware anytime you or someone around you thinks or talks about best practices beware this is because usually best practices are imported from an outside organization and they can't be implemented properly without buy-in um and they say buying is most often an attempt to compensate for a problem that should have not been created in the first place. Hmm. So again, I, I think it's, I think it's always good if you're trying to like, you know, learn about anything to find a point that's completely counter to yours and really think about it mm -hmm. and is, is what they're saying true. And so <clears throat> what I thought when I read this and I read a few different articles, I specifically chose this one just kind of how like against it, he, the person that wrote it was, and I, I, I actually agreed with a lot of the stuff um, they were saying about, you know, one of the examples he gave is like, you're going to make dinner and it, you can either ask everybody what they would like to eat for dinner and make a meal that, you know, kind of everybody has input into. And even if it's not their favorite thing, everybody's like on board with it and everybody's happy. Or you can cook the thing you want to cook and then try to convince them that that's a good meal, even though they might not like it. And that was what they were kind of saying. The difference between ownership and buy-in was... And I think that the ownership portion of that goes a lot towards policy making and things like that. But the buy-in portion of it, I think, goes towards a more personal level is, is kind of what I was, kind of how I felt after kind of reading a few different things. I think they're differing terms, but they should be used synonymously. Like, I think people have to take ownership of the fact that it's our responsibility to generate buy-in and to build and develop effective teams where people want to be there. Like, right. <clears throat> you look at things like, you know, like if you're not happy with the, the culture in your agency, the culture in your firehouse or, you know, fire service culture, there's things that you want to improve on. You have to one, acknowledge that you have to take ownership for changing it. Like you can't wait for someone else to try and like make those changes or like, oh, I would do this. But right now th that's bullshit. Right. Like you have to at least make the attempt to establish some, some forward momentum. 
So that's, I very much view this like, Hey, if like, if there's something you'd like to positively impact, then you have to take ownership, uh, take ownership of that and try and make a positive contribution to the overall culture. Um, as far as, as far as buy-in's concerned, like you can, <coughs> I, 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 I can see what he's saying, but I think generating buy-in is important. I don't think it's like a buyer beware thing. I think small acts of service, like John was saying, like how motivating is it to see like a senior officer like in there, like changing the toilet paper or something like that makes you like, you know what? Like I'm going to set my game up that buys like to me, like buying is like, it's encouraging me to be invested in the organization. Like I want to be here. Something similar. I, I spoke to Derek recently uh, and the, the, the cap, his captain of engine three is now doing family barbecue days on Sundays where they all just grill out back and all the other groups come in with their families and still the families of the members that are on duty can come in. And if they catch her on, they catch her on. But stuff oh, like cool. I have never that's even man. heard of something like that. But yeah, like you're bringing all the groups together in right. like a nice setting. Right. And you can rib the guys that are going on calls or whatever. But even their families can be there. And that to me, like generate that's generating buy -in. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. I didn't I, I didn't <laughs> know they were doing that. It's a good idea. I kind of look at it in a sense of um, it, it reminds me of this is the way it's always been done. So when you go to change something, you have to create buy-in. And you create buy-in by, you know, like breaking down the science of, you know, um, you know, an exterior attack and doing, uh, whatchamacallit, I'm having a brain fart. When you have the exterior attack, you go in and tear at the same time, the duel. Oh, um, oh I don't even want to tell you. Some might say me. it's transition. transitional. Uh, that word always <laughs> escapes me. I was enjoying, uh, Transi enjoying watching you struggle. <laughs> Guys, we're on camera. <laughs> Tell me the word. Yeah, so transitional attack, right? How many people are against that? Uh, so many people. And then um, I actually had a um, chance to uh, <coughs> catch up with um, Chief Galligan, former Chief Galligan of the Brockton Department. We were talking about he has the two-and-a-half-story class that he – teaches every so often and we just sat there and just had a conversation and he was and he and he started talking about the transitional attack and how you know ev everybody was against it but then they found that it started you know it, it was kind of doing backed in some science yeah it was yeah, backed yeah. in some science and There's it took hostile camps there but there yeah. is but yeah. you know what it took a long time to to make that change but if 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 you don't like i don't know at least start to buy into it you have you have to like uh, when people see effective strategies and tactics, right? It's gonna create by people. You know, oh, that's it. That's the answer. I'm doing that. Right. You know what I mean, and then and then they're like all in for it because it's gonna work. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I, I think so. I think a few. I think a few like talking points from from that story in and of itself, and and how I was kind of thinking about this. So there are things that you can involve the membership in when it comes to decision making like you can ask them about their preferences for apparatus design mm. you can ask them about these different things and there are other things that if you're in a leadership or a management position and we like to talk about leadership because it's different from management um, but if you're in that leadership position you must sometimes just have to make decisions as the leader and you have to get people to understand why you made those decisions and then that comes, that's where like the buying. So I, I do think like on one hand they're synonymous, but sometimes they're opposite. So like ownership would be that like, Hey, we're putting a new apparatus together. Like what are some of the things you would want to see? And then something like, Hey, listen, we are, we are changing this SOG because of this, 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 and this. And then you have to like work with them to be like, Hey, look, this is why. And I think that kind of what that guy was saying is you do have to kind of convince them like why it's better or why mm -hmm. it's the right thing, but it's not nefarious. It's sometimes just that they may not know, or they might not have exposure to it. And then I think the third point is like, that's where the personal buy-in comes in. So like you talk to somebody like former chief Galligan guys got enormous amount of credibility when he talks you know what i mean so if somebody like that comes to you and starts saying like no hey listen check it out this is why here 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 and here let me show you well now you've now they buy into him as a person and right. then they're more receptive to his ideas and buying into the idea as a whole so i think yeah. there's like i think it's 
a much more leveled thing than I when I really first like had this idea of an episode where it was thinking. Yeah, I think sense. you're right because it's hard to it's hard to differentiate those terms. Yeah, and not cross over in some right. areas. Yeah, I guess they they could mean some different things depending on the context that you're talking. Yeah. Right, right. To me, to me, buy-in just means like how do we convince people to be invested? Yeah, like in right. the mission. Right. Right. And again, not con- not nefarious. So it's not no. like we're convincing people because we have some like <clears throat> ulterior motive. It's because like, hey, I really care about this job. Let me show you why yeah. and like how you can care about it and like, you know, add to it as well. And it's also, yeah, it's the cascading effect, right? right. Where it's like, he's doing it, he's doing it, he's doing it. And then it's kind of like, well, I'm not going to be the only guy out. And then before you know it, everybody's involved. Everything gets done very quickly. In the morning time when we go to work, Right. It's like truck checkout. And then it's like every single thing that needs to get done. If everybody stays out there, if all eight guys at our station stay out there, including the captain and everybody just wham bams everything. Right. Like uh, yesterday we had like five guys washing trucks and we all just got it ran yeah. through all the trucks right. together. And it happened so quickly as opposed to each crew going out and just doing their own thing. You know, yeah. um, many that, hands make light work. That's it. And yeah. it all just happens very quick. And then it's, done fast mission accomplished right it's not getting dragged out throughout the day now you get one guy who's like all right well i got you know i gotta like do this before i get to any of that and then you have another guy who he's like well i'm hungry so i I gotta go up and eat or whatever you know anything to like break that chain now you've got the cascading event in the opposite direction where everything kind of kind of unravels and things don't get done and mission incomplete right i I think people like like you said whether it's in the firehouse or in the military, like people can very easily sense whether you're being genuine. And I think like to your credit, like you said, there's times where as a leader, like whether you're in that management position, you're in a position of influence, whatever, especially in the fire service, there's going to be times where you just have to level with people and be like, listen, we understand that this situation is less than ideal, Mm. but we still have to do it. So like, let's come up with a plan together collectively. Like, let's just bang it out. It is what it is. Uh, And if I think if you level with people and are honest and be like, we recognize that this situation is less than ideal. You don't have to pass, uh, pass responsibility off. Just be like, just be like, Hey, like I understand these circumstances are difficult. This is what we have to do as a team. So like, let's formulate it, formalize a plan and just didn't just get it done. I think people yeah. respect that. They're like, okay, I, let's get it done. I, I think that people <clears throat> like in my experience, I do think people respect that. Like, I think people respect when you say like, and again, you don't pass the blame off. Like, hey, listen, we're being told we're going to do this, so we just yeah. have to well, do it. Well, the chief said we have to do this, yeah. so like, yeah. you're, you're but shifting if, blame. But, but right. if you can say, like, listen, I I understand why people are concerned about this or don't want to do this or whatever the case is, but they have their reasons, and it's just something that we're going to have to get through together. And I'm here with you, mm-hmm. and we're going to do it. Let's then do it. Yeah. you know, and um, you know, in the fire service, I think you see that a lot with like when when like new officers get the buy-in from their senior man and then the rest of the crew buys in from there because like like the senior man's the the person that runs That's shit right p- in reality role. yeah like they not you know obviously the the officers make those decisions and the officers have their role but like if you talk to a lot of people the people they look up to in their companies oftentimes are the senior man and it's just because of their ex- wealth of experience or you know whatever and you have good ones and you have bad ones and you can really see the difference in crews when you have senior people that don't care or whatever and ones that do or you have an officer trying to do even if it's like good progressive things or whatever but you don't have that support of the senior man and then like nothing gets accomplished they they do it right like because you have to at the again at the end of the day you have to do it that's the difference between authority and influence yeah Yeah, but it's yeah it's it's a difference between them being like yeah let's go train this sounds like a great idea and being like oh you know, yeah, right. Will wants to go train again. You know, I'm not an officer, by the way, but like, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. but I you do know. always want to train. I I do within reason. Within reason. Yeah. Well, I think that <clears throat> obviously a lot of like, you know, buy in, investing in culture, leadership, you know, authority versus influence. We talk, you know, and we, you know, we'll have an upcoming episode regarding leadership, but we'll like really dive into that kind of stuff. Um, but you see that in fire service culture and in the military, like if you are you know the senior man is equivalent to like a non-commissioned officer in the army yeah it's like your platoon sergeant versus (laughs) your so i've had like i've had a couple so i i essentially operate as a platoon sergeant uh within a different community in the army but i've had 
two new lieutenants um, throughout my career, which is essentially like my officer counterpart. Same thing as like a senior man and the officer. Um, and I've had great young lieutenants that have, you know, been like, Hey, like you obviously have a lot of operational experience. Your team has a lot of operational experience. Like he still exerts authority, but he gains influence by acknowledging like the cohesiveness of the team and the experience and then gets buy-in from everyone. Right. Same thing as like, you know, you guys on an engine company, like if you have a brand new officer, you had a great officer before you have a strong crew that has a really good working dynamic. If someone comes in and like kind of just disregards that and is like, Hey, this is the way it's going to be versus like, you know, Hey John, I realized like you guys just, you had a great officer. Um, I'm not looking to replace him in any way. Like I want to learn from you guys and hopefully we can, we can, you know, step our game up and, you know, yeah. like build something. And then like you're immediately one, you're, you're like, your guard is down, you're disarmed. Uh, and you're like, you know what? Like I, I, I'm willing to work with this guy. Right. Like I'm willing to try and develop a relationship. And that's yeah. where, that's like the fundamental like foundation of generating buy-in is like, you're taking a situation that can be difficult and being like, Hey, like I recognize that I'm new here. Uh, I want to work with you guys. I want to learn from you guys. And hopefully we can develop a, a crew that was maybe as strong as the one you had with your previous officer. Right. Then I'm immediately like, fuck yeah, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And, and I think like you could almost call that ownership too. Right. So the difference is that like, as that, as that position you are in whatever it is, whether it's an officer or a senior man, or even a junior person that's trying to get something done, whatever the case is, is like, you're working for them they're not working for you and if you have that mindset they, they do have a little bit of ownership in you right so they do have a little bit of like ability to influence you and like how you do things because if you're open to their ideas you might change something that you do yeah. i'm smiling because i'm i'm thinking of the time you and i were summoned <laughs> dude i was literally the, <laughs> we're not going to go into no. too much detail about it but we had we had lost um our lieutenant to he was transferred and uh, we had a very very tight crew and we got um Summon. called up to summons to meet our incoming lieutenant and we walked in and we're like this hit him with some jokes yeah this is dragon i'm nighthawk we like fires naps and working out <laughs> and, it just, and it was just met with like deadpan silence well, and we were like all right okay walked out the door and i was me like well i'm out <laughs> i'm out <laughs> see you out there <laughs> see you on the sheets but yeah, yeah i mean like you know and like everyone has like a different approach some more effective than others but how effective would it be if like instead of being like hey like you know engine one like come up to like my place to meet me like what if that you know that like officer like came up to, like to you at your firehouse on like his off day and he's like yeah, hey right. like i just got a sign uh, i know you guys are working today but i just want to stop by say hey like I'm, I'm looking forward to coming to work with you next tour total like, different fuck yeah i'm in yeah, yeah. yeah. Total, see you there total i'll be there yeah. yeah i'll be there i'll be there 15 minutes early now yeah right uh, well maybe very I mean, won't. maybe but <laughs> very well the rest yeah. of us will yeah. i do i am on time so many except times. for filming yeah right yeah episodes of the show oh yeah well shout out again to Gio rodriguez they show him on time today? My early relief today he was only three minutes late Ooh, Ooh we're getting there Thanks, john Gio, still beat you. both of us here <laughs> still be at yeah Gio, you're a better man than me yeah um yeah i just i i think that's interesting and and so part of it is relevant obviously to the fire service to our lives in general to whatever but i also thought it was relevant to this podcast so like like how do we create buy-in or ownership from the viewers we have or the potential viewers we have? Because I know like one thing that, that could be said about us in this podcast is like, who are these guys with like pretty minimal experience as far as like experience goes? You know what I mean? Yeah, we're young guys, young guys trying to like, you know, come in and tell us how leadership and culture and all these things work and how tactics work. And, and, and so, you know, it's, it's applicable to us even here right now is trying to create that like, Hey, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just a dude that likes the job that wants to talk about it. And I want to talk about it with people that don't know as much as me. And I want to talk about it with people that know more than I do so that I can learn. And, um, you know, so I think it's just kind of like one of those really applicable things to a lot of facets in our life. hundred percent. And that's, I think one of the big premises of the show, like when we really got it off the ground is like, you know, we have a disclaimer at the beginning of the show. It's like, hey, like, you know, we're right. we're certainly not experts in the craft uh, whatsoever. We're, you know, we're students of the craft and we're lifelong learners. Um, but just trying to bring people together that are that are passionate about firefighting. Um, and it, it, I think a lot of the principles from the show are kind of irrespective of, 
you know, like business principles, you talk about like a lot of leadership principles and like, how do you make an effective culture? Um, but yeah, generating buy-in is just like, again, just being genuine, being humble mm. and being like, Hey, you know, like, yes, we don't have a lot of experience, but these are the things we are passionate in that we care about and we right. want to learn more. And we, you know, we realize as young members, <coughs> there's plenty of things in the fire service, you know, you know, we've all been on for John and I've been on for like five years. You've been on for a bit longer, um, that we would like to change or positively influence and realizing, Hey, at the end of the day, like we can contribute to that. You know, right. we're not that we're not the standard bearers for anything. Um, but at least we can try and, you know, look back and be like, Hey, like we tried, or, you right. know, we tried to shift them, shift the margin. Right. A little well, bit, it so. just starts with a conversation. Yeah. You, you spark the conversation and then, you know, you take people listening in, take it back to their firehouse and say, Hey, what do you guys think about this? You know, is a hot dog a sandwich. Right as a hot dog a sandwich or not you know <laughs> and you just have that debate but then it turns into something else right then yeah. it turns into then will gets like weirdly like, competitive or argumentative yeah, about yeah. some stupid then, then it turns into some kind of tactic or something they didn't yeah. hear about or a, a view that they didn't hear and and you just create conversation and just the conversation alone just sitting around talking about anything really it it creates buy in into like the culture of the job. And that was one right. of the things that in the beginning of this job, right? I think everybody remembers going to Academy and you know, all you can picture the whole time is like kicking in doors and like rescuing people and like battling the red devil, the red dragon, Which whatever you want to call it, right? Every day. All the time. That's um, why I get fist with John all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you get sold get this. Get back, you red demon. And you're like, oh man, this culture's great. Right. You know, and it is. But, you know, it created buy-in immediately, right? right? And so it's like, and that's, obviously we go to our jobs and, you know, we don't all get to live out these like superhero dreams, but we still need to talk about it and be, you know, active and proactive in how we're going to do things. And right. these conversations are just how all that starts. Yeah, it's rejuvenating. Yeah. And I think uh, to, to that point, like, because especially depending on where you work or whatever the case is, your demographics, you don't see those like things that you want to see all the time, all right. the time. It's even more important to talk about it because you should at least have some idea of like a plan or yeah. what you would do when you do encounter it. And I think yeah. this is kind of separate from the buy-in discussion, but you know, we've, I've had conversations and maybe even mentioned it before, but talking about some of the younger people coming up and the fires are down in a lot of places and, um, and then you don't know what you don't know and complacency. And then, you know, that's a, I guess it, it it is relatable because if you're like the senior person or the officer in those places, you got to generate that buy-in to try mm -hmm. and get the people to understand like, yeah. Hey, no, we have, like, this is why we have to train. Like this will happen. We don't, yeah, it will have like you're here for 32 years or yeah. now, now it's 35, I think. Right. Yeah. 30, yeah. Like you're here for 30 yeah. plus years. Like it's <sighs> going to happen. Going all the way back to our first episode. High acuity, low occurrence. High acuity, low occurrence. And, yeah, right? exactly. So all these things that don't happen all the time, you still have to know what the hell you're doing. And if 10 years goes by and you don't do something and you never even thought about it and you never reviewed it, you know what I mean? These are why we just have to keep on Right. And there's working. always going to be a scenario that you, yeah. it's such a dynamic environment that you didn't fully think about or plan for. But if you plan for the different parts of, you know, like maybe you're going to have a, a rescue that's a little bit trickier or something that you weren't planned for. But if you've talked about how you affect rescues, if yep. you talk about how you, you're going to encounter a door that's way different than you mm -hmm. planned, but if you've at least talked about having backup plans and yep. stuff for whatever, um, that, you know, that stuff is important. And that's a, that's a good thing about the team aspect, right? Is like, <clears throat> I don't know everything about that, but that guy does. Right. And, you know what I mean? So, and everybody knows a little bit, and nobody lets anybody fail, right? right? That's like the greatest thing about working on a fire department that does, you know, that does EMS is that when we go to a call, a lot of times we're going to a call with five paramedics. And right. if it's a real bad call, maybe even six with like, you know, our captain going and all these captains are like seasoned paramedics you know right. so we have a lot of experience it's a wealth of knowledge it's like a hundred years of ems experience walking into a door to take care of one person so you know right like they're gonna get the best treatment you know yeah i agree yeah. and it's I, one of those things like we're here for th you know 
30 some odd years like why wouldn't you want to be invested like why right. wouldn't yeah. you want to love your job yeah right, right. why wouldn't you want to share that with guys in your firehouse and make it you know because you're gonna it's gonna be like that yeah it's so over quick and then you're gonna be looking back right and you'd be like hey like yeah and why wouldn't you want to try and create that buy-in or ownership or whatever you want to call it so that as you gain seniority and newer people come on you know building that reputation of like hey you know maybe will doesn't have all the answers but will's a decent dude and you know maybe he doesn't you know maybe forgets to put the electrodes back on the yeah. monitor every <laughs> once in a while or fill the truck up or something like that but it's you know as a person like and a firefighter medic whatever is a decent person and you gain a little bit of like credibility and yeah my absolute pet peeve is pulling out the 12 loop cables and there's no electrodes on it i will find you some people don't like them preloaded why we got taught, why we got i don't know i pre i like to preload them. we got taught not to because why? they can dry out i don't know no, i don't even know if it's real how would what? they i don't know we're not going to create buy if we start talking about Hold on, let me just... Yeah, we got to stop talking about EMS before everybody turns off the podcast. Speaking of generating buy-in. Yeah, exactly. It's part of the job. Fortunately, unfortunately, however you look at it, it is part of the job. I have to say that when I've found that, you know, I love being at work the most is when I'm working the hardest. And that doesn't mean, you know, getting my dick kicked in by, you know... Uh, having 30 calls in a day but you know when you go to the station you pick a project something that needs to be done you got everything on your list of like things to do done and you just keep on working at it and then it's like that day you know you have you cook dinner maybe you cook breakfast everything on those days where everything comes together and everything is getting done that's when that's when I like it the most because yeah. it feels like a well-oiled machine and things are going good you know what I mean? Yep. But on the days where you don't feel like doing anything and, you, you know, you're just like a lump of crap, like with your feet up, you know, by friggin' noon, it's like, right. you know, those are the days where I'm like, it's like, don't get me wrong. I like to sit around and hang out as much as the next guy, but I mean, I, I'm too busy to to be sitting around and yeah. i like it more when i'm when i'm busy yeah those are your most memorable shifts yeah Some i of think my so. most memorable shifts we were just getting like you said you're just getting your day yeah like when you're like eight o'clock at night yeah. scrubbing the walls in a 90 degree <sighs> yeah is- dude, my busiest shift to date um was with dave jones on group two when i was on engine three um it was the day that you you guys that we had that large scale hazmat and you guys all, oh all yeah you got transported we did i think like 16 or 17 runs after 4 p.m. It was obnoxious, but like looking back, which it, like, yeah, which is also crazy because you spent a long time at that one, yeah, it was extended incident. Yeah. I came home the next, I was dead to the world, but yeah. I still talked to Dave about that. I was like, man, that was great, you know, what yeah. I mean, that, that builds camaraderie, yeah. it, especially when you have a day like because, because listen, if 16 runs, you're not gonna have 16 cool runs, you're gonna have a bunch of one garbage, in one there. cool run. But when you have that day and you do get the 16 runs, and one of them is like a high acuity, high level extended incident. And you're just like, dude, I fucking earned my paycheck today. Yeah, that feels good. Exactly. It's funny you say that, Barry, because my first day, my first full day, like I still remember that day. Still talk to that guy about it. The guy, um, uh, so now he's the the deputy chief and he went from firefighter really quickly to lieutenant. He had been taking all these tests for years, right? But he went lieutenant, captain, and then deputy chief uh vms and so when i got on um he was training me and so our first day i get then i get in at seven right they show me how to make coffee whatever i'm off and run i go down to check my truck out he comes in it's like seven thirty, and we get a call so obviously we were early relief for the next crew he's a sharp guy he's in early when I tell you we didn't come back till noontime and we had 30 minutes before, we didn't come back till dinner time, and then we had 30 minutes until we didn't get back till, like, midnight. And then the next day, we started up again. Like, maybe we were in bed by midnight, and we started up again by, like, 4 a.m., and we're, like, rolling into the station, man. And I look like I got chewed up and spit out. And he's looking at me, and my eyes are like this, right? And he's just like, he's like, I swear it's not always like this, right? And I'm like, what did oh. I sign up for? And we talk about we we t- I we talk about it 
I don't know, every three weeks. No, not we talk yeah. about it. All, I mean, often every though, day. It's like, yeah. Jesus, yeah, it is like you know. And if you talk to any of like the, you know, people always remember their fires, but that's part of the reason. Yeah. Part of the reason is because you're working hard and it's memorable. But if you talk to a lot of people, those are the you know the shifts. Oh, we had this shift. We did yeah. this and this and, and right. You, you just I don't know. You just feel good about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I don't know it's how camaraderie that, and you know yeah. building memories and yeah yeah. Then new guys will come on and be like, I did, you know, this man. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, pal. Yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, whatever. Well, isn't that the point? Like, if you're getting your ass kicked, if you're getting your ass kicked with your, at least you're all in it together. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and, and collective you know, suffering. Yeah, yeah. collective yeah. suffering, right? Yeah. You can, like, you can, like, take that and make a memory out of it. Whereas if it's by yourself or with one other guy and you guys are the only guys getting your ass kicked and everybody else is, you know, feet up, not doing a damn thing or whatever, it's like, that just creates the opposite of buying. It just creates like I hate this. Right. <laughs> you know? I am a firm believer that like, co- like you will not be as cohesive a team as possible until you've collectively suffered. Right. And then that level of like brotherhood that you have after that is like. There's a reason like military, oh, who yeah. guys that deploy together, or even just go to basic, whatever, or, or have such tight bonds. And, and yeah. it, you know what it is? Is when you suffer your real personality and like your true self comes out and like sure. when you and listen not everybody listen when you're 16 runs and you're three in the morning you're not going to be your best self no but you're going to be your real self yeah you know what i mean and uh and so you just like i feel like you just kind of bear it all to those yeah. people and yeah. bringing it back to the buy-in part is if you have like buy-in with each other then you're just suffering with your buddies right and yeah. You know what I mean, and you can get through anything yeah. If, yeah. You, if you have that uh, if you have that camaraderie going on. So, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Barry Weiss, you're still smiling. No, I'm just you know, just remember the good, the good old days. days. Yeah. I know, bopping around. I you know. know. <laughs> yeah, but you you'll be back with part of the uh, part of the very band excited, soon. Very excited. Sounds like getting the band back together. Word on the street. Word on the street. Word on the street. Well, I mean, it's not a super long topic. It just I uh, thought it was interesting. Good and, topic. And uh, I I would be interested to to know for the people watching or listening. Um, do you think you generate buy-in, or do you think that you generate ownership? And are they or are they the same? Or are they different? Um, be interested to to hear people's thoughts on that. It just like I said, just researching it kind of came across that, and I, and I don't fully disagree with those points. I just think that they're all kind of applicable and yeah different situations and scenarios and you know again i i think like if you are the person that's just constantly making these kind of policies that aren't popular or unnecessary i guess because unpopular is is common but aren't necessary and blah 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 blah, and then you're just trying to convince people to go along with it like that would be a poor example of trying to create buy-in for the wrong reasons but if if the if you're just trying to like level with people and be a genuine person and create buy-in like that, then I think buy-in is still a good thing. And I also think that ownership is a good thing together. 100%. And together, I think they're they're great. So, 100%. You guys ready? Let me oh, have it. We have a big surprise. Coming oh, the surprise. Oh, oh, I thought, yeah. oh, I thought oh, we had. Uh, yeah. So, I yeah. So, something else. I, wanted to, I kind of want to screw with them because I told them the end and then they're going to go to the end and they're not going to hear it. So, they're going to have to go back and listen to the episode. Um, to find it so and that's marketing <laughs> um big surprise we have a guest at our next episode live whoa jason Patton. that's stud from fire department chronicles and fire department coffee you may know him from his role as murphy s law in his sketch comedy. You may know him in his very short films like What? Or even from green screening himself into ultra ultra realistic TV shows about firefighting. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then go follow his channel because he's hilarious. fucking yeah, hilarious. Funny guy. Um, so next week, Marlboro, Massachusetts, New England Sports Center, Job Talks Podcast will be live with the one and only Jason Patton. Super excited. Filming an episode. So, so either tune in or come to Marlboro. Yes. And so that'll be at 1230. I think that's kind of part of, uh, probably an important thing if you want to tune in since it's live. 1230 or roughly 1230, we're going to be going live. Some cool things. We're going to be doing some giveaways. 
So we want you to come into our live chat. We're going to throw probably some questions out. Um, and both for our audience, um, live audience and for those in the live chat, um, we'll get some answers from some people and we will be giving out some swag. And what some kind of swag. questions are we going to ask? I don't know. I don't know. Favorite non-pornographic <laughs> magazine. Good housekeeping. <laughs> Good housekeeping. <laughs> yes, John exactly Stamos. Like Do you? <laughs> yeah. I hope we, John Stamos is Did we just become best friends? Yep. Yes. Um, if you guys couldn't tell, we're all a big fan of Step Brothers in that movie. Yeah. Make yeah. many references. Yes. Um, so that's the big surprise, Jason Patton. He's going to be in Marlboro. So he, he uh, we kind of jumped on this a little bit. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was fortuitous. So he is actually the MC for the Heroes Cup tournament. So he'll be around all weekend, walking around, telling jokes, doing stuff on the stage, interacting with people. And we're just going to kind of steal him for an hour, an hour and a half. And we're going to talk to him about some stuff. And, uh, and uh, pick his brain, and it it should be good. I mean, I haven't seen this guy do something on camera that isn't yeah. good yet. It's, so it's crazy. Like we talked about it before, just like the amount of support from random people that we've gotten, and like other people in the industry that like believe in like in the mission and and you know trying to positively. It's incredible. I'm very excited. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a little nervous, like reaching out, just being like, hey, listen, we're nobodies who have barely started doing a thing would you be interested in in doing it with us and uh he was he was awesome he was great about it. like yeah, yeah absolutely no. so that's the big surprise jason Patton. one week from today twelve thirty. join us in our live chat or if you're around the new england sports uh center in marlboro if you're at the heroes cup then uh then join us in person and we'll uh we're gonna have a good conversation with jason and then we're gonna give away some stuff come on down come yeah, on yeah. down why are you so sweaty? Just watching job talks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> I we have... all know for a fact. Job talks does not come on until Saturday at noon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you touch my drum set? <laughs> um, another Step Brothers reference for people that don't. don't I know you touched my drum stick. I know it has a chip it. in it. And if you don't get the references and you don't know Step Brothers, um, A, just turn off our podcast because we don't want to. No, don't do you. that. Don't uh, do that. Oh, like no. and subscribe first. Like and subscribe, and then never watch. No, I'm just kidding. Go watch Step Brothers. Um, anyway, are you guys ready for the question of the day? Let's do it. Today is going to be interesting. I am not sparking a debate, believe it or not. I hope. Wow. It must be a full moon. A debate will come. And It's actually a new moon, Barry. <laughs> and oh. it's not about food. It's the vernal equinox. <laughs> um, it's not about food, because I feel like we did a lot of questions about food. I want to know what your most prized possession is. And here's the Jesus. thing. Jesus. Here's the thing. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and and establish some ground rules because and listen, it might actually be your most prized possession that's that's true. But like I feel like people are obligated to say, you know, their wedding ring or something like that, and that is a prized possession for people or whatever but i like want to know kind of like the the thing like and maybe that is i mean if it's truly your most prized possession it is but if it's if you i don't want that like obligatory answer i want to know like what you own and it could be sentimental or it could be you know from a family heirloom it could be from you know your military service or you know your business or whatever it is i just want to know what your most prized possession is hmm. very well, you couldn't lead us off. You put so much time and well, effort. Well, I feel this. like you know one of them. You? Oh, yeah, I probably I do. Yeah, talked about it a few times. I. Uh, do you want me? You are you good? I can do it. Yeah, yeah go. I'll do it. Ooh. Um. So you know, I would say like, oh, like my wife or my unborn child, but you can't really possess those. Um, not in America. Not in America. No. Um. <laughs> if I'm being a hundred percent honest. My most prized possession is 100% hands down Kaya. Because I feel like I can, I do own Kaya. This is my dog. Mm. Oh, wow. That is not where I thought you were no. going to go. Kaya is like 100% my absolute like best friend. Go anywhere with her. Do anything. Like fucking she's, she's awesome. However, if I couldn't choose a living organism. Yeah, because I, I think if that's the organism. case, we would all say our dogs. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um this but good mention uh, yeah yeah honorable mention, Kaya, honorable mention my Kaya. wife my i'm getting wife. my 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 dog passed away in september and i'm getting uh 
I have my tattoo scheduled. I'm getting his face on my, yeah, my nice. arm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. Three things. Wow. One, as maybe, you know, maybe this is debatable. I have an M1 Garand that saw active combat in World War II. Like that's up there for me. One of my ultimate things I want. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Uh, <coughs> I will never sell that ever. Um, unless it was to keep my dog. Then I would sell it. So if I hold your dog hostage, I could but I would shoot just you with the, the I was going to say, yeah. I just use that to shoot him and take my dog. Um, the second thing, um, my buddy, do you guys remember Dan Kroll? The, he was he he was at my uh, bachelor party. He was um. I do. Oh, I would then if. Yeah, he's like he was the officer. He was overseas with us in Somalia. He's okay. he, he's oh like, yeah yeah he, yeah, he lives house. in New yeah, York. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. The guy you got up at six a.m. on your bachelor party to yeah. go on a hike with. Yeah, yeah. that was a good. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good that was, hike. That was a great hike. I'm yeah. glad you guys enjoyed yeah, John, it. John, yeah, John, was there. That was a good <laughs> hike. Glad you guys enjoyed um, it. He's one of the absolute best human human beings I've ever met. Uh, one of the best leaders I've ever met. He got me. Uh, sand from the first casualty collection point um, from Utah Beach in Normandy. Oh, wow, that's mm. cool. That is up there. Um, and then uh, a family friend, um, after he passed away, his family gave me uh, his ribbon rack um, oh, with wow. his purple that's heart, cool. and he was in the first wave, Utah Beach. Wow. Normandy. Uh, uh, so those are those are up there for me. Yeah, those those are, everything else those is kind of replaceable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand World why two theme, as you can tell. I also understand why you have three because it's kind of hard to like put one of those above another. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool. Um, I was gonna say my combat action badge, but you know, like <laughs> you'd probably be like, it's not even a real badge, Barry. I don't. <laughs> I don't think no, that no, 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 no. in yeah. certain scenarios. <laughs> yes, in certain no, no. Yeah, those are my three absolute favorites. Yeah. That's awesome. I would assume that you're the one of the ones you would say your most prized position is probably the counterpart to what I mentioned. But uh, I digress. I'll let you speak for yourself. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll I'll go after mm. John. I'm if unless you're not ready. No, I'm ready. Uh, it's it's just funny where like our <clears throat> if I have to look back. And I have to like look at the things that I've actually managed to hold on to my entire life. There's not like many things. I'm sitting here like trying to think about everything that I own, and I own a lot of stuff, but it's not old stuff. But um, last year, so I, I stepped away from guns for a long time just because I just I hadn't had any interest. I had found a bunch of new hobbies, but then um, some friends of mine started really getting into it, and. Uh, you know, some of my friends went out and bought 22s just to plank and have fun with. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I got a 22, you know. And I've owned this 22 since I was seven. And my grandfather bought it for me. And, um, you know, it's just a Marlin 22 tube feed, holds 14 rounds. And that, to this day, is probably my favorite gun to shoot. And not just because of the simplicity of the whole thing. And... It's literally just like shooting a, a BB gun or a pellet gun. There's like, you know, there's nothing to it. And it's kind of like, you know, you throw a can on a hill and just keep shooting the can up the hill yeah. and have fun with it. I have a Marlin bolt action. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. We, Me and my buddy Dave uh, took him up to Vermont last year. And I hadn't realized how long I had actually owned it. And I was, you know, at the time last year, I was, I was 32 last year, right? And it's like, wow, like I've had this gun for 25 years. This thing's been in my possession for 25 years. And so I, I like think about other things like that that I have. And I, I, there's really, there's not, not really much. Like all the things that have been given to me, you know, by my parents and, you know, it's like more like life lessons and memories and things yeah. like that of like, you know, child, you know, how we grew up and everything. Um, but then I started to think, well, what else? And then I'm like, well. It turns out that, you know, my grandfather was very much into, like, American heritage, and he actually has an M1 Grand, yeah, and he was matter. in the Marine Corps, um, and he was in Korea, um, but he, um, I forget what rank he got as far as, like, uh, like marksman, or he made some kind of, mm-hmm. he, he was really good with guns, and that's how guns kind of came about my family, but uh, my uncle has that gun. Actually, my grandfather requested that that gun be cremated with him, but really, <laughs> I don't think it was like possible. My uncle took it anyways, and he wanted it, and it's a really great gun. But, but then I, 
but when I was also like when I was like eight, he gave me this knife kit, and it was all like heritage, um, like you know I don't it's like not really porcelain or like bone, but whatever. It's like this really nice white, yeah. and then it's all like animals engraved on it. And so, yeah, so it's all, it's like a filet knife and a skinning knife and a buck knife and like, you know, all these things. And so it's funny, it took me, you know, 20 some odd years to like get into hunting. Right. But then finally I'm like, I'm like, I need a good knife. And I'm like, I know it's a collector set. I'm like, but the hell else am I going to do that? So I I used it a couple of times. It's kind of a testament to him yeah 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 and so i have these these few things and then like all in the same and then i you know and then i have his like retired flag and everything and it was like so yeah. like all all these things that i have from from him are like really great and i can't really think of anything else that i've owned for that long right besides those those two things but i don't know so i guess those are like that's cool yeah pretty pretty prized i mean <clears throat> yeah yeah that's awesome yeah i, I like the uh i like the history yeah like stuff with history which is generally what right. you know people's prime right. possessions are yeah. but uh mine one is like kind of a collection of things so not really any one part of it is more uh special to me than another i, mean, I guess it's not true there are there are parts of it so um i don't have like a lot of hand-me-down stuff from my like my grandfather died when my dad was young and mm-hmm. he didn't have like they're just a, like I don't have that like lineage stuff, um, which I wish I did. I think that'd be really cool. I have a couple. So one of the things I guess would be like my dad made this little knife box um, when I was a baby, and it's it's just like he just this little like wood thing he handmade, and it has like a little knife inside of it. And uh, I I have that, and I, you know that's that's probably like one of my most prized things, just because you know it's from when I was little, and he made it for me, and now mm-hmm. I have it, and whatever. Um, the other the other things are kind of um special to me because of like my life which i i don't know if maybe that sounds kind of selfish so no. kind of like a collection of stuff from when i was in the military so i have like i have like um some of it got stolen slash lost which is disappointing but i have like i had like iraqi dinar from before saddam was out of power and then i had some that they had dyed red because that happened like when i was over there i have some of that in my safe do you yeah Yeah. so i had some you know from being there and and um and i had jars of sand from iraq and afghanistan and those kind of disappeared over time unfortunately but just kind of that collection i have you know an old fedayeen army helmet a couple helmets um from from uh foreign soldiers and my um i have some like um death cards that my unit had and i have uh like an old dcu top and i would say like probably this is maybe on the top end of it because uh one of my good friends who was killed uh you know signed it before Mm -hmm. if before i got out and obviously before before he died so you know it just says you know it's like hey good luck you know with whatever you're doing whatever and then he he was killed next deployment um actually the guy my, my son's named after so um, that kind of collection of stuff is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm actually surprised that neither of you said it, but my fire helmet is also my What's up there? top. Not not these. I mean, I these yeah. are I like these two, but yeah. like my in-service helmet that I've had. And so the reason is because um, I have a handful of helmets. So I have a helmet for my previous job, but they didn't allow leather helmets and to be honest with you when i first got into this job i didn't really know a lot of the history of all that stuff like i didn't grow up around a fire family so like learning that the like leather helmet tradition and stuff like that i thought was really cool and my the day i passed my pat to get on cambridge i and knew i was getting the job i ordered my leather helmet and it is like kind of the culmination of my like life into like what it what i want ended up you know because you have different ideas of what you want to do when you're little and then as you grow things change and the idea of like what i wanted to do with my life is kind of symbolized in that helmet and then all of the things i've been able to do in that job now except for mike matris washed it with his service after that hazmat but aside from that um, well hey that's all part of the uh part of the story it's never the object; it's always the symbolism. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's, it's the story behind, it, yeah. behind yeah. it. Yeah, but I'm excited, you know, to like be able to hand that off someday. Yeah, that's because when my grandfather passed away, I got a bunch of his guns. Um, 
And then I, so I got this really nice, this gun was like, it's a lifetime gun. This is a generational gun. And it was a 410-22 and it needed a little work. And I'm not like super anal, anal about that stuff, but my uncle is. So he like scrubbed some stuff down, re some areas, you know, whatever. He made the thing mint. He replaced the firing pin for the 22 or whatever it was, not the pin, but the, whatever the thing that snaps it is. And yeah. so whatever, uh, but then because he has a kid and his kid's like nine now, but I gave it to him a few years ago and I'm like give this to tj because this is like he should be hunting rabbits with this gun when he's 10 years old right you know what i mean so it's, and then it's his grandfather so he should he should have that but i was so happy to hand that off even though i love the gun um yeah. i think that's part of it too yeah. is is it's like it's like a legacy and like i said I, there's not really a lot of legacy stuff in my family so yeah. i'm excited to like I don't know. I guess pass I'm just excited yeah, to be able to pass that stuff Imagine on. how happy your kid's going to be when he gets that. Yeah. I mean, or maybe yeah. he, he'll hate my guts. I don't know. <laughs> He's a year old. <laughs> I, yeah. I suspect he'll like you. I'm yeah. surprised you didn't say like your maroon beret. Uh, but that's part of like, yeah. so I didn't mention okay, it, but yeah. that's kind of part of the collection yeah, is yeah. my beret from, you know, airborne school, my original issued wings and CIB, um, you know, some stuff like that, like kind of all in that collection. So it's hard to narrow it down to like one thing, but, yeah. but kind of that, that culmination again of like all of those things I wanted to do and I did them. And then, you know, now I'm where I want to ultimately be. And yeah, you know, on job talks. Yes. Nice. Um, yeah. So see, told you non-debatable Nick, do you have a prize yeah. possession? Uh, mine are not like nearly as cool. They're not like uh military stuff. Um, I have, I have a couple though. So, um, my grandfather's still alive and he has some stuff that like, we don't know who's going to get what, um, but it's probably going to go to my dad or that generation before anything like that gets to me. Um, he has like a musket that was used in the civil war. Dang. What? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's wow. Wow. A, he, yeah, it's sick. If I was, if I, sorry, just a caveat. One of my like dream. But I don't have it yet, so it's not mine. One of me. my dream hobbies, if I had the money, would be to collect actual firearms from different battles in history, That'd like Civil cool. War, yeah, like Revolution. But that's just not something that's affordable. Yeah. Yeah. So he <laughs> he has some some cool stuff, but his wife, my grandmother, when. Uh, so when she was left, she gave me her father's cigarette cases from the 1930s That's that, cool. like, are in a safe. Like, they're so cool. That's um, cool. Because they're, like, like, you can't put real, like, today's cigarettes in them because they right. were smaller or hand-rolled uh, back then always. Yeah. So That's it was, like, cool. they're, like... Cigarette cases that don't fit in your pocket, you have to put them in a suit coat pocket. <laughs> like they are like That's really cool. old neat. school. Yeah, they like look the, like Mad Men style. Yeah. yeah. One of them's polished wood with like inlay, like metal inlay. Like they're wow. really, really nice. That's cool. Um, that's so two of those it's one and then the other one it's a little i guess it's a little morbid, but it is what it is. When my grandmother ended up passing away in 2015, um my uncle who is a artist he works with metal. He has a friend who uh, works with glass. So my grandmother was cremated. And then this guy um, made these glass orbs for each member of our family and put some of my grandmother's ashes inside. It's the not orb. morbid at all. So it's like it's pretty cool. There, it's it's cool. a clear glass orb and her ashes are like spun up the middle of it. That's very cool. That's very cool. It's like also in the safe. And I could not live without that yeah it's nice. just so, very uh, very important yeah and i don't think like the uh like oh they're not they're not as cool they're, you know military like well i just don't have like i didn't you but, know. but that's what i'm saying like maybe if, if it was in your family or something then you had something that would be cool but like if i wasn't in the military or didn't my family wasn't like that wouldn't be important to me so i it's just i think it's what it's important to you is what's cool sure. the story you know, is what's cool, not not the item, and yeah. you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, some, it's just it's I think some that's cool neat. stuff. That's like you know, it's not like carrying an urn around. Not that I knock anybody who was cremated and is sitting on someone's shelf somewhere. That's not a big deal. But it's like we each got a, uh, you know. So I, so yeah. everybody got to keep like a yeah. And you know what it is? Is it's not. I guess that it is physical technically, but it's just sure. the the representation of like, you know, like I'm sure that like 
when you think about it, it probably brings back memories of her and oh and yeah like, like I, that, and you know like you I mean? like, have like a ton of pictures and everything but this is just way more of like a physical it's per- personal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. super cool. cool super cool that is thing. cool um so yeah those are mine sweet very cool very cool well I think that does it for this week. Um, thanks for tuning in to episode nine. Remember to uh, not tomorrow, next week, twelve thirty live show. Join us in the live chat. We're going to be giving away some stuff. Um, if you're in Marlboro at the Heroes Hockey Cup tournament, if you want to go there to spectate the games, there's some. Listen, the the division I play in is not fun to watch for anybody, but there are some. There are the A division. Those guys are like. That's like real hockey. Like it's fun to watch hockey. Um, so if you want to go spectate, and then uh, again, twelve thirty Saturday the eleventh, we will be live with Jason Patton. Um, big thank you as usual to all of our viewers and our listeners and our supporters. Um, as we keep going on, we, uh, you know, I continue to hear people that are like, oh, you know, I checked out your podcast and like this, and a majority positive feedback. You know, a couple people that you know said, uh, who the fuck do you think you are? always gonna be there always be there um but but the 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 support has been overwhelming and uh sincere thank you um as always thank you to big dick nick wilco media um for doing this we could not do a live show or any of these cool infographics or any of the stuff without them um if we were trying to do this in our basement it would look significantly different um so big thank you to him and uh thank you again we want this to be user-driven. We want your buy-in and your ownership. So if you have an idea, a topic you want to talk about, if you're an expert in something or you want to hear about something, please reach out. Um, after next week, having our first guest, we're going to try to start having more guests more frequently. We kind of wanted to get into the show a little bit, kind of get some buy-in, kind of get some audience, and then start throwing some guests in so that we have, um, you know, we want we want people to really be able to learn from the people that we're going to bring on. So going to get interesting, going to get Very interesting. So. Um, follow us on job talks, J O B T L K S. Our social media is YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, wherever you listen to your shit, wherever you listen to your good stuff, <laughs> uh, give us a follow, like subscribe, and please, please, please share. Internationally known on the microphone, John. Whoop, whoop. All right, guys, job talks out. Peace.